Welcome, Rise Up listeners, to another episode of Sexy Saturdays. Today, we again welcome Justin and Lucy Holden from the Czech Republic. Thank you both for being here today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. So how has this past week been for the both of you? I think it's been great. I don't really remember <laughs> anymore. <laughs> It's, it's the blur. weekend, so <laughs> I forgot it all, I think. But it's been great. The students are back in school, and I'm especially excited about that. We're Enjoy ready that. for a real summer. It mm -hmm. has been cold for a long time. And, and from what I gather, it's been even like cold in the States as well, at least longer than, than normal. So, yeah, we're just looking, for, looking forward to warmer weather mm -hmm. and sunnier days. Well, today let's talk about sex before and after marriage. So how was before marriage with the both of you? Well, there was no sex. <laughs> so yeah, there was none. Mm -hmm. We waited. <laughs> and to be completely honest, I think Justin was firmer on that decision than I was sometimes. <laughs> Because my physical or my love language is touch again. And I didn't want to have sex with him, but I want, wanted just a little bit more than what we were doing. Our boundaries were quite strict, I'd have to yeah, say. Yeah. We only held hands, kissed, but only like that. I don't know how to say it in English. Just, <laughs> just, just a kiss. Like a peck on the cheek kind of a thing. Yeah. And then we hugged and that was it. Mm -hmm. And I kind of wanted more. <laughs> yeah, I knew, I know myself. And so I said, I said early on, I was like, we have to have strict boundaries because if we don't, then we're not going to do this right. <laughs> yeah. And so I was, I was careful to, to really guard that. And as the guy, I kind of felt it was my responsibility. Usually it's kind of the other way around. Usually it's the guy that's pressuring the girl to, to move forward and everything like that. But I felt that I really needed to do that so and I really respect it and appreciate it and I'm really grateful that he was firm on that and I wasn't pressuring him or anything and I also wanted to wait and do things right it's just I really was missing the touch component of our relationship so the decision to wait was that made just by one or by both of you? And why was that decision made? What was that based upon? Yeah, we both wanted to wait. It wasn't just a, a one person or a one-sided decision. I think it would have been, then we wouldn't have had a good mm -hmm. sex life afterwards or, or anything. I don't think, I think it would have ruined the, the relationship in a lot of ways. So it was definitely a, a, a two-sided thing. And I mean, it's strongly based in, in our beliefs. We, we both are Christian and we both believe that it's God's desire for a couple to enter into that after marriage. Mm -hmm. So, And I think that there is a lot of wisdom to it. So it wasn't just Absolutely. the Bible says it, so we're going to do it even though we don't understand. We saw that if a couple actually waits and promise, if, if the spouses promise each other to wait and then they actually accomplish, it builds trust foundation for the relationship. Mm -hmm. If you promise each other to wait and then you don't, 
it actually breaks that trust and it can be a problem later on. And also we knew that it was going to be difficult because you don't have that glue, you know, as we talked about it last time, Mm -hmm. when you do have sex, you tend to have less conflict because you're closer. It brings you closer. And so before the wedding, we actually had to communicate a lot to (laughs) navigate through all the stress and planning and not seeing each other um, very often because we were so busy and our schedules just didn't match and all the feelings with the upcoming wedding. And so it was just, it was a great test for the relationship. And I think it's a test that's needed for any relationship really to be in that phase without sex because it really shows you who the other person is and it lays a good foundation and sex can honestly blind you to some things too like Mm -hmm. because if if things are going well and you're having a lot of sex it's a lot of that's a lot of extra feel-good hormones and everything like that and which in a relationship that's good because it kind of helps to iron out some of the the things or it helps you come to agreements easier you just are standing on something different but before before you are married like I I strongly believe that it helped us a lot to learn how to communicate with each other well to know what to expect from each other we had to even communicate things about like what we expected of of our first night together and and so that's I think it give it gave us a lot to to really look at and to assess and evaluate before we we got into before we got married and I have to say for me it was a lesson to trust God because I think especially because I have a physical touch as as my very strong need in relationships I was really in a place where the devil could come with thoughts oh does he really love you is it going to be good after wedding? You know, you don't know. You should try it and see. Because what if it's not good? And does he really appreciate you? Does Is he really attracted to you? And all these things. Are you beautiful enough for him? And it was uh, a little bit of a roller coaster, emotional roller coaster for me before the wedding. But it brought me closer to God. And I just bungee jumped with him you know on the wedding day I just said God I trust you and he delivered (laughs) I have to say that I would do it all over again it was 1000% worth it now is this normal in the culture there I would say in Christian culture it's maybe more normal but in the country as a whole, it's it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, people usually people go about everything a complete different way. Usually, you start dating and then you maybe find a new place to live, like like you buy a house together or you buy an apartment together or something. Then you have a baby and then you get married, mm-hmm. and it just just totally like the opposite way of what we're doing, which is really funny because as at that time, I was working in a school and all of my colleagues, almost all of my colleagues were female. And when we were getting ready to get married, they were asking these questions about like when we're going to have kids and what we're going to have or, or if we have moved into a flat that's that's our own or if we're buying a house, and like all these things. 
no, we're just getting married right now. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it was, it was kind of, it was just really funny to me. Mm-hmm. And I'd say there's the logic of you have to see if it's good with the other person, because if it's not, you're actually not compatible, which I think is a very selfish way of looking at it. Well, and also like the try it before you buy it thing has, in my experience with sex, it, it doesn't need to be, sex is not like buying a car. It's just yeah. not sex is not like yeah it's, it's just not like something like that whenever you have sex with a person you need to learn what that person likes and doesn't like and and then together you work out how to make it work and so it's not just I mean there are things that I'm sure can apply to like the general population that like okay this is what 80% of everybody likes and then and then from there you know there's little details and things like that but but when you're when you're married then uh, and especially in our in our situation where you're going into that and you haven't had sex with anybody else then you are learning about everything with that person and so you become a specialist in a sense of what your partner likes in sex so how did you deal with temptation with temptation that's a really good question yeah i didn't think there was much temptation like for us like you and me because we just avoided any situation that could be tempting Mm -hmm. we didn't snuggle and cuddle underneath blankets when we watched movies we sat on like two different sides of the couch and i never stayed over overnight and then we spend time alone and but we spend it in public places we spend it and if we spend it in his apartment it was always making dinner together or eating together or watching a movie but again sitting on opposite sides of the couch and because it wasn't normal around me I think that was a source of my insecurities because I've just never seen anyone do it this way Mm. and I realize even now that there are couples that don't have as strict boundaries yeah. with things as we did, but I well, have a lot, a lot of our friends didn't have strict boundaries like yeah. that as well, but well, we could see how much good it brought in the end because God really, really blessed our faithfulness in mm-hmm. this. And if you save all the things for marriage, when you are married, something shifts. It's mm-hmm. really like a spiritual shift that changes how you see each other and how things feel when you are together. And I would hate for us to be robbed of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm really glad that we waited with everything, really. And it made it that much more special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say the temptation wasn't necessarily like of like doing something because we pretty much like had that under control I think it was more of a I think like the biggest temptation or at least maybe maybe temptation is the wrong word maybe it's more doubt I wasn't for sure if we were if the way that we were going about doing everything was the right way to do it because I I had I've had people in my life who who I looked up to and who I, I'll just say it, the majority of them did not give an example like this. And, and the majority of them did end up like either sleeping together before marriage or 
or doing something else. And, and at the time it was kind of, it was a huge shock for me. And, and then when I was in the same situation, I, I soon realized like, okay, like I can understand why that happened. Not, not that it's, that it makes it okay or anything, I, but I can understand why that would have happened. And I just wasn't for sure that it was going to be worth the wait and which is, I think a pretty normal and rational doubt to have, but then, but yeah, like, as Lucy's saying, once we, once we got to that finish line and once we were able to, to start like that new part of our, of our relationship, it was something totally different. And, and I am really glad that we didn't give in that we didn't, yeah, that we didn't give into that first. And, and honestly, like, I think that our relationship is better off now because mm-hmm. we didn't, because we have that, that strong uh, foundation of trust, like Lucy was talking about, that we now, whenever we get into an argument, the argument is not about a bunch of other little things around that, but the argument is about the issue that we're arguing. And so, yeah, that's, that's something that, that for us has been a huge, mm-hmm. a huge benefit we have friends who who slept together before getting married and they, well some of them like to say that they didn't and but the, but we know the truth and and some of it has been because they've either admitted it or or whatever but we've seen like these different instances and and these different examples of like how things have happened and not to say that this happens in every situation but there are some of our of these couples that had such a rough time of the relationship and and it lasted for a few years in whereas for Lucy and I went once we got married there were some people that were amazed at how um well we were able to communicate together about the things that we talked about and everything mm-hmm. they they there was one person in particular that said that our relationship and we had only been married for maybe three months three maybe yeah between three and six months mm-hmm. it was a very short time and and we were, we went to dinner with this person and, and he's, he's a pastor of, of a church mm-hmm. and he's like traveled a lot and he's, you know, Met older and people. very wise. And he noticed something that Lucy and I were having like a, not an argument, but it wasn't a discussion. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he was, and he thought that we were about to start fighting because he's seen it happen to young couples mm-hmm. a lot. And and he was really surprised about how we resolved the issue pretty quickly. And he was like, it looks like you guys have been married for five years and not, you know, five minutes. And so mm-hmm. it was, uh, it was a good, it was a good experience. I think part of it is just because God blessed our decision and our faithfulness. And he really blessed not just the sex part uh, or the sex life of our marriage, but the marriage as a whole. Mm. What did you know about sex before marriage? What did you know? Well, (laughs) given I struggled with pornography before marriage, I knew more than I needed to. And some of the knowledge actually hindered things later on when I had expectations of what Justin might want or need. And I realized he didn't. (laughs) And I was like, Oh, okay. You know, there are things, not just in porn, but in movies in general, principles of what guys like and what girls like and how things are supposed to work. And so many times it's not the case. And just 
a certain amount of people fit that. And then there are a lot of people who actually don't like things that are very often projected there. So I knew more than I wish I knew now. And on the other hand, I think we are both really good students and we like to be informed. So I think what we did is that we actually found out information prior to our big day. <laughs> I know well, you did. <laughs> wait a second. Okay. I didn't buy that book before. We bought a book yeah. and I highly recommend this book to every new couple who, especially if you have waited for sex and you are a little bit concerned about what's, what's to come. I highly recommend this book. It's called the sex, sex instruction manual. Yeah. The sex instruction manual. And it's, it's not pornographic and it's not like, I mean, there are some things that are obviously inappropriate for, for children, um, but, but cause it's about sex, but it's really, really good. It's really very, it's written exactly like a manual and it describes sex and things that happen and all sorts of stuff. And uh, mm -hmm. it's a great, great book. And the practical things that are connected mm -hmm. with sex and it's secular. So you have to filter it out a little bit, but it, most of it is yeah. very, very useful. As far as what I knew about sex beforehand though. Yeah. Same from Lucy. Like, unfortunately I've like, I don't know very many people that have not looked at pornography to be honest. And so that also did color a little bit of my expectations and, and everything, but I think like, yeah, there was a pornography just does not, it's just not the real thing because mm -hmm. even like people, okay. What, how people look in pornography is not how people look in real life. And there are a lot of things that look like you know, this is what everyone does when they have sex and this is what blah, blah, blah. And that's just not how sex necessarily needs to go. It was really, really funny. I don't know if you're going to be okay with me telling this, but <laughs> Lucy thought that I was going to be really turned on by lingerie. Yeah. And yeah, I'm a very, if you guys haven't figured this out by listening to, <laughs> to me, I'm a very practical person. I was not interested in taking the clothes off. I was interested in them being off. And so that was a, that was a really kind of a funny thing that she was like, oh, I thought you would like this. I was like, I don't care. <laughs> and I thought I was going to be able to buy like expensive pieces like that, you know, to make it interesting for him. But then I realized that, and he even said like, it's too expensive. And it's like for nothing. I don't care about it. I care about you. So yeah. Things like did that. you, did you discuss prior to marriage, what your expectations might be sexually? I mean, we kind of talked about, I think I definitely told you that it's important for me. And I definitely told you I'm really looking forward to it. Yes, you did. And it was like close to the wedding, but I was like, Lucy mentioned really that a lot more often than I did. Um, and again, it's just because I know myself. I, I knew yeah. that I needed to like just keep the lid on and that we would cross that bridge when we came to it. So you are able to control, control yourself better. But we did not, I wanted to do that. 
to be honest, because I thought it was the smart thing to do. But then Justin said, let's not, because it's only going to bring temptation. Mm -hmm. And we can talk about everything once we're married and once we, once we are in the mm -hmm. safe zone of anything can happen now and it's okay. Yeah. So no. We actually yeah, we actually didn't, but I, it's not that I don't recommend that. I, I think it's a great thing for, for couples to, to talk about their expectations and, and things like that before married. I think it's very wise though, to know that just because you have an expectation before you get married, doesn't mean that that's going to be the expectation mm -hmm. after you get married, because that will change. And and your in your experience with your partner will will shape will shape those expectations and mm -hmm. and you guys will grow together and you'll learn about each other's bodies more and yeah it it's a it's a thing that is not it doesn't need to stay like static in the same all the time but it mm -hmm. can definitely change and grow and and it can and it's and it's a huge part of your relationship together so it it has a huge role to play in like in the chemistry that you have between each other. So. Yeah. And talking about expectations, we haven't said that yet. And I think it's really important to say that because we live in society that we live in, we take sex as a consumption goods almost. And we take it as something Con that it's consumer good, consumer good. Thank you. And we take it as something that's supposed to give us pleasure. You know, it's supposed to satisfy me. It's mm -hmm. about me. I have to be okay, you know? And so it's become very selfish thing when what I believe God designed it to be is that you actually give yourself to the other person. And that means that it's very unselfish. You have to, and it actually works a lot more better if you actually think of each other throughout <laughs> the process. And if you actually have the other person in mind, and their pleasure, not mm -hmm. yours. That's that's how it works best. And even with expectations of what you like and you don't like, you have to, as with everything, you will have to compromise on a lot of things. And there might be parts of your fantasies or things you'd like to do that the other person will not be okay with. And you have to be okay with that because you chose the person, not because they will satisfy you sexually, but because you want to spend the rest of your life with that person. And this is just another thing that you want to give them. And I think to be selfish about it is unwise, unhealthy, and it can really be damage. Mm -hmm. It can do some damage to the relationship mm -hmm. as well. I think some of the some of our best sex has been because we've been thinking about the other person and what the mm -hmm. other person wants more than thinking about our own desires, or our mm -hmm. own needs, for sure. So what is your communication like now after marriage regarding sex? Well, it's kind of funny that sometimes we, sometimes we have to plan sex because we're busy people and we've learned to ask if the other person's in the mood. That was one thing that I think we had to learn that I don't know if it was more you probably it was more that you. Lucy wanted it to be always like this romantic and very spontaneous and blah 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 and which is great and I'm not saying anything against that at all and I yeah yeah it happens as well but it's not always like that and and sometimes 
sometimes one or both of you comes home and you're dead tired and mm-hmm. and then the other one's like well you know sha 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 and the other one's like no 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 and and for us it was we had to learn to to ask each other like mm-hmm. um hey are you in the mood or mm-hmm. or you are know, you tired or is or can something happen later tonight mm-hmm. or we ask each other all these questions honestly it's not mm-hmm. we're not just like saying like some random stuff like this is literally like conversations that we have and yeah and just like asking or even like making a plan like okay uh, I've got this today and then it's like okay I've got this later on blah 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 and we find a time where we're both going to be where we're both going to be home and we're both able Mm -hmm. to be in the right headspace for that because for me headspace is a lot more important because if I if I can't be in it mentally, then then if I if I'm thinking about anything else, then then nothing's happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How how do you handle it if one really has the desire to make that happen that evening or whenever, and the other one does not? How do you keep from being resentful yeah, or or carrying that with you into the evening? It has happened more to me than to you, actually, because mm-hmm. as I am the touchy-feely person in our relationship, and I also been always a person or a woman who really likes sex and wants it often. And it's it's weird for me because not many of my friends are like that, but I'm just like that. And then there's Justin who needs to be in the right headspace. He also cannot be tired because to be honest, he does a lot of work in that process. So he has to be, you know, fresh and, and not t- too tired. And it, so there are a lot of things for Justin that has to work out for us to be together. And because I have touch as my love language, it was actually quite difficult for me to hear no from him in the beginning and it brought a little bit of tension for us and then I had to learn it was a process of me not looking at it so selfishly and you really have to be ready and okay with the fact that the person will not always be there for you and that's why I think it's really good to wait and it's really good to try to get rid of anything that might tempt you it's really good to try to get rid of porn because all those things are instant. It's instant. You want it, you get it, but it doesn't work like that in marriage. And I had to unlearn that principle Mm. and really see that it's about intimacy, not just my needs. And for the other person who maybe doesn't have as active as a sex drive, not to say that like, I don't have a sex drive. That's not it at all. No. It's just Lucy has a, a much, a much higher one than yeah. I do. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, but, but for, for me, I've had to learn that sometimes I'm not in the right headspace and I need to learn how to get myself into the right headspace. And so, and, and it's literally, it's literally just because like my mind kind of goes 90 to nothing sometimes. And uh, I like to call it my beehive. And so like some, I am probably ADHD, but <laughs> who knows? But literally it, it has caused a problem. And maybe it's a little bit too, because in America, we kind of have a little bit of a, uh, a 
kind of a puritanical culture when it comes to sex. And so like, so even like when we first, you know, started starting having sex for any noise to escape our room to any other wherever people might be was just like that was a death mm-hmm. sentence for me I was like can't no noise no noise. Like, and and so it was it was just a hard thing for me to overcome mentally and and so yeah I've had to learn how to overcome these things and and also overcome kind of like train my brain to to shut up and to just <laughs> let me be for a minute. <laughs> well, and that's a good point. If if you wait because of moral reasons or perhaps by tradition you thought of sex not not in the in the marriage environment but sex in general were taught that oh no that's it's bad it's Yeah, and I I know where you're going with this. <laughs> okay. Uh, purity culture essentially. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, there's actually a big conversation going on about it right now when it comes to, I guess, more people my age range, like millennials, mm-hmm. who have grown up in, in churches with, with purity culture. And kind of some people have had very negative experiences because of that. And, and for some people, it's hampered their sex life with their partner as, as adults. And yeah, I can say that I grew up in in purity culture, like the when purity rings were a big thing, and I never had a purity ring, but I I definitely remember all of that stuff. And I think, yeah, there are some things that probably do get left over. And I think I think it's very important to man. I think it's just really important to not allow these things to become a block in your mind. And that is a little bit easier said than done. Maybe uh, there's some people that might have to go to, to counseling to really work through some of these, some of these issues. And, and I definitely advocate for that. I think that that's a great thing for people to do. If, if there's something that is not working or if there's some sort of dysfunction in, in your, in your life, in your mind or anything, go to a counselor, get help. Mm -hmm. It's, it's totally fine. It's like, you go to a doctor when you're sick, you go to a mental health professional when you are not mentally where where you feel like you should be um that's just where that's just yeah that's just the fact and there was even a feeling for me of like you know after we had sex like there was a little bit of a feeling like oh we've had sex I'm not a virgin anymore and, and you feel like it changes who you are and and in a part, yeah, it does because you're you're like in our in our situation, I took it really seriously. I'm starting this life with I'm starting this part of my life with one person, and I don't want anybody else in it mm-hmm. uh, in this. And so, yeah, in in that sort of a way, it does really affect who you are as a person. But at the same time, it's not going to it doesn't damage or take away any sort of value that you might have had in your life before you had sex. Mm. You are worth as much as you as you were before you had sex. Like mm. sex doesn't change your value and doesn't change your worth. I think the I think that sex though can I think you can give it power to do something within within a relationship. I don't think it I don't think that it can change you. 
I don't think that it, no, I think it can, like, I think it can have an effect on you. I don't think, yeah, I don't think it can change you. I think it can have an effect on you, but I don't think it can change you, if that makes sense. And also about sex life in general, I think what we tend to forget is that the most important things are usually the first things in life. And so your first sexual experience and your first sexual message that you got from your parents, either said out loud or hidden in between how they talk to each other. Did my mom and dad touch each, touch each other affectionately? Did they whisper something, you know, so we couldn't hear it? Or were they not like that? And how did that affect me? Mm-hmm. And it's important to realize that it's actually damaging for kids if we hide things away from that. And of course, we have to be very smart about how we educate them about sex. But uh, I was so lucky that I had my mom who set me down. And before she pulled out the book with all the pictures and explained everything, she said, I want you to know before I say anything else that sex is a great thing. It's from God. It's holy. And it belongs to marriage for a husband and a wife, two people who love each other. And it's like a spice and like a a peak of their love and it's really important and it's really good and it's the first thing I've learned about sex and I know that if it had been different I would have had different experience because of it and so I'm so grateful to my mom that she had the courage and and the wisdom to give me this message about sex Hmm. and I know that's not the case for everyone so it matters what is modeled for you in early childhood in in teenage years. Mm -hmm. So after your wedding night, did things just come more easily and more naturally after that? Sorry, I'm dreaming. (laughs) 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 Whenever I think of our honeymoon and like the whole first period, first months of our marriage is just such a special. How open do you want us to be? (laughs) (laughs) We. This was one of our biggest lessons about communication when it comes to sex. When we drove, we went, we're in Europe. So saying in Europe, when you say, oh, we took our honeymoon to France, it's not that big of a deal as when you say it in America. But we went to France for our honeymoon and we drove to France (laughs) for our honeymoon. I drove. That's a 16-hour drive for us, and that was horrible. It was terrible, and we did it in a straight shot. And when we got there, when we got to to the place, (laughs) I told her, I was like, today, I said, nothing is happening today. I'm exhausted, and I need to sleep. Which Um, he used a word that could have meant the whole day and the evening. We're going to have this argument again. (laughs) But I said, today because that's literally how you would say it, even in English today, so it's fine. <laughs> but So the tra- there's not like something being missed in translation, it's said the same way, today. And so I said, today nothing will happen. And I was thinking, day, like sun up, day, I'm going to sleep, sun down, anything can happen, but sun up, anything, nothing is happening. And so, so we got there and, and I rested and I was a grouch mm-hmm. because I was exhausted. 
And what I heard is nothing is happening in a 24-hour cycle. Yes. <laughs> On your honeymoon. Yes. yes, the first day. The fir- the very first day, yeah. And and so so we had even like gone to the to a little shop to pick up because we stayed in in an Airbnb. We had a full kitchen and everything. And so we went to a little shop to pick up some food and everything like that. We argued about it. Yep, it was hot and <laughs> we fell down a hill almost like it was crazy and and then we get back to the house we have dinner and we're relaxing and everything and then and then eventually we go to bed and <laughs> we go and we lay down right and Lucia lays say, down next to me and she good just night. she just gives me a kiss on the cheek and rolls over I'm just like excuse me <laughs> and so we had to and I was like are you, and then like, I waited for a little bit cause I was kind of in shock and I was just like, you're not serious. Are you? No, you didn't say anything. You just didn't let me. No, we had to say something like there, there was something said. I'm pretty sure I said, I don't think so. I just turned around. Yeah. Well, maybe well, regardless, but, we learned yeah. to communicate and yeah, it was, it was awkward. The first time was, was awkward and, and strange and but it was it was fun. It was good. It was really it good. It was very special. Mm-hmm. The the beginning was awkward because I in my head I was okay. He doesn't want anything to happen. I'm a little bit disappointed because I was really looking forward to it. But I'll give him the space and I will not try anything because he just he said he doesn't want anything to happen. So that's happening in my head. And like the whole day we also had to like sleep to make up for all the not sleeping time that hours, we had in the, yeah. all those hours in car and. And so, and we miss, we were on like a different cycle. So whenever he was down, I was up and the other way around. And then when I were, I was up, I was with my Bible and I was reading the Bible and I was praying about it. I was just, God, I really am disappointed, but I'm giving it to you, you know, and all these, <laughs> so it's, it's a precious memory of ours and yeah. one that's really funny to us. Yeah. So what would you tell someone who is a virgin and who is of age where they could be having sex? What would you say to them? Hmm. So they are virgin. They are, they are of age. I would say, honestly, I really recommend waiting until marriage. Honestly, mm-hmm. definitely recommend it. And I think one thing that's, that's really, I'm actually pretty glad about is that this stereotype of, of the, there's something wrong with a virgin, like someone who hasn't had sex when they were like 13, 14 years old or whatever, that the stereotype is being broken down. And there is a little bit more representation for virgins in, in media. And I think that that's a fantastic thing. And, and there's a lot of virgins that are virgins because of their, because of their moral values and their spiritual values. And, and I would say if, if, if that's an, an important thing for that person, I definitely, definitely recommend waiting for sure. And now I know that not everyone is, is Christian. And I think that that's something that they need to kind of deal with. Like that's the in, internally, like they, mm. they need to make that decision for themselves if they're going to start to. having sex. Again, I really, and, and I'm not even just saying it because of, I mean, it is a lot from my Christian values, but also 
highly even from from psychological research and 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 studies that have been done on sexual satisfaction of people that have mm-hmm. one partner versus multiple partners and people that have waited for marriage versus people mm-hmm. that have not and there's there's there are so many studies that show that that part that people who have gone into having having a relation having a physical relationship mm-hmm. like that and they stick with one person and they stick to their they stick to to their i lost the english word they stick to their standards mm-hmm. and and they hold they hold to that then their sex life is so much better and it, it doesn't it, it regardless of you know how vanilla or adventurous or whatever they're they're into studies have shown over and over again that the level of sexual sexual satisfaction is so much higher mm-hmm. and so i would definitely say don't just jump into it it's it's an important mm-hmm. it's an important decision to make it's a valuable decision to make it doesn't change your worth if something happens to you or if you go into it earlier it doesn't change your worth but it is such a valuable investment to make for sure yeah. And I would say it, even though it doesn't change your worth, I definitely agree with that. But I'd also say pick wisely who you have sex with, because sometimes you hear, oh, it's just sex. It's just fun. But it's never just that. When you have sex with someone, you connect on all levels of your human being. And you leave. Well, at least you have the potential to. Yes, it has the potential for sure. And I would say that it's like when you stick two papers together, you glue them together, and then you try to tear them apart, you will leave the paper, a little bit of the one, the first paper on the second one and the other way around. And I feel like that that can be sometimes what happens with people when they have sex. And I know that there are people who climb it's just fun. I cannot speak for myself, never experienced it, but I think it can be very damaging when you leave pieces of yourself around and I know that for me I was so weird waiting for marriage and my classmates said oh that's crazy and they had all these questions how do you know it's gonna work and da 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 but also I could see a lot of respect in their eyes and they still to this day are amazed and uh, inspired by it but yeah and what if someone it's not a virgin and and they have had sex, but after hearing this or from peers, they decide and make that commitment to, to wait now for the right person to come along. What would you say to them in their waiting period? Yeah, there's actually studies that have spoken to this exact thing as well. And, and I found it fascinating that when someone makes that sort of commitment that they want to kind of re-virginize is a terrible term. And I don't advise at all trying to use that or apply that because like it, because it's happened, you know, everyone is going to have hold the same like morals and, and values that I hold. So, so maybe, you know, that person might see it as wrong or they might not see it as wrong. That's kind of up to them it's between them and, and God in my opinion but if if someone wants to make this sort of a commitment and and they want to to 
just do this like the right way with with this with maybe a new person maybe they're they're going into a relationship with a person or something the studies have shown actually that the level of sexual satisfaction starts to rise again once they have like entered into this sort of a commitment and i think it's because like humans honestly for for us as just what we were made to be we for, like a covenant or or a promise is incredibly important to us and it gives so much worth to something more than just an act and so when you couple an act with a with a promise then it's even stronger and so that's I think it's a huge thing and I think it's incredibly important uh, to definitely stick to your guns. If you, you know, you make a commitment, just stick to it. It's, it's difficult sometimes, but you need to have foresight in whatever you're going into. You need to plan for different scenarios. For us, I, like I said earlier, I, I know myself and I knew what I can handle, what I couldn't. And so I just planned for success. I knew that like whenever we were in a situation where we could be uh, at home alone, that we, well, I just planned for that situation not to happen. Or, you know, if we're watching a movie that we're not going to be under the same blanket because, you know, I know myself. And so just plan for success. It's what you would do with any other part of your, of your life. And there's no, there's, there's nothing wrong with doing that with your sex life as well. Yeah. And I would also say for anyone who has decided that they want to wait till marriage, make sure that it's really your decision and that it's coming from your heart. Because if you're doing it just because it's set in church or because you feel the pressure or some sort of pressure for, I don't know, your uh, peers, your parents, whoever, it, it's very likely you will not last mm -hmm. because these things will not last in the face of temptation. It has to really be something that you have decided and you believe in it and you understand it and you know the value of it and you're committed to it. Mm -hmm. If it's from the outside, it may not hold up. Yeah. Well, this has again been an interesting Sexy Saturday. And thank you both for your candid responses to all the questions that I've asked. And you obviously have a committed and loving relationship. And your hope is that others will experience that as well. So thank you. Thank you for being here. And thank you for your time. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Thank you. It was great. You've been listening to Rise Up with Julie Baumgartner. Thank you for listening today. Rise up and let's be the best that we can be and listen to this podcast that will both motivate and educate. Thank you.